welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Hello, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com. You can also find us on Facebook as the Talk Show for Talkers. And we look forward to your comments, your questions, your feedback. In fact, we regard this as evaluations. This is the lifeblood of the show. We need you to come back to us with your comments. You can also listen to previous shows on our website, irishtalkers.com. We also publish the Public Speaking Weekly. This is a roundup of links from the internet. It's all about Toastmasters, public speaking, confidence, leadership, etc. So look out for the newspaper link on our website. My name is Ted Melanfi, and I'm joined again this week by the prolific, persuasive, passionate, personable Paul O'Malley. Listeners, thank you ever so much for coming. And I do hope that I'll be at least half as good as Ted Melanfi will be this week. That would be some achievement, don't you think? Well done, Paul. That would be a magnificent achievement. And uh, we are going to have a word of the week. We're going to have a thought for the week. We have a very special guest for you tomorrow. And I'm not going to say too much more about this guest. I know we've had emails flooding in about the impression that last week's guest made. Fantastic person, Cathy Shelburne made a big impression on all of you listeners. Well, this week, we're going to make a big impression too with the guest. Well, we're not going to make it. The guest is going to make it. You'll have to wait until tomorrow to hear who this person is. My thought for the week comes to us from Confucius, that confusing person that sometimes can be difficult even to spell. And the thought is this, and this resonates with me. I hear... And I forget. I see and I learn. I do and I understand. I think that is the mantra of Toastmasters. I hear and I forget. I see and I learn. I do and I understand. Mr. O'Malley, your comments, you're shaking your head. Listeners, it's a well-known fact that Confucius had a disability, which he found very difficult to disguise. The disability that Confucius had, as is adequately revealed in the quotation, is that he was a visual learner. And that meant that the poor man never took in anything that he heard. You had to show him something before he learned from it. That was a huge disability since he went around talking to people. They made no impression on him. All he learned was from things he saw. So that was a real weakness Confucius had, because to say I hear and then I forget is, is devastating news for those of us in Toastmasters who do actually listen to what other people say. You, when you listen to people, you learn from them. That's my experience. But Confucius never paid any attention to words that came out of anybody else's mouth except his own. And I have that directly from his second cousin, twice removed, who married the great, 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 squared grandfather of my mother-in-law. Well, there's Ted amply illustrating the Confucian approach. 
because he heard nothing. We heard nothing from him. But those of us who have the ability to see Ted at the moment are learning all the time. Ted, what do you say about Confucius's inability to learn from what he heard? Well, I think you completely misconstrued and misunderstood exactly the point that was been making. You learn most by doing. It's uh, subliminal, particularly in Toastmasters. It's not that we read it. It's not just that we hear it, but we also do it. And that's how we learn. You learn by doing. So I, I think that was very apt from the perspective of Toastmasters, Paul. Well, of course it is. If only Confucius hadn't started off what he was saying by saying, you speak and I hear nothing. What did he say at the beginning of that quotation again, Ted? He said, <laughs> I want to know, I'll have to check what he said. Exactly. You see, Ted didn't listen to Confucius. He just watched Confucius. And no, I was, I was just demonstrating what did, to you. What did Confucius say? Come on. He said, I hear and I forget. Okay, I hear and I forget. I all see the and I understand. Yeah, but forget all the other stuff. All the Portuguese masters, everybody listening to this show is saying to themselves, what's the point in hearing what these people have to say? Because I'm going to forget it in a minute. So therefore, I had to start off by trying to go inside the mind of the audience. Listeners, you are the champions, of course. I had to go inside the mind of the audience anticipate what they might be saying and try to prevent them from remembering nothing. So at least at this point, Ted, you are flying the flag because you're obviously a visual learner. I'm somebody who listens and closes his eyes during Toastmasters speeches so that I can listen to the content more acutely. I admit that, although when I am a judge, I do watch for some of the, some of the speech, but I do listen like crazy. Um, so basically, Confucius, if we had a collection of judges at the International Speech Contest, all of whom were relatives of Confucius and, you know, chipped off the same block, we'd have a problem because all the winners would be people who did body language, huge body language, and who told us to pick up a pen and throw it up in the air during the speech. Um, but. What would happen to the rest of us? Of course, I'm pulling your leg, Ted, and I'm... No, you, Paul, you've given a fantastic testimonial for Toastmasters because all our listeners so far can remember exactly what I said when I quoted Confucius. I hear and I forget. I see and I understand. I, I do and I make and ice I cream. Because for the simple reason that when you're a Toastmaster... One of the things you practice is to have the correct words to be able to get the audience to listen. Nobody listened when you were going on there with your confusion about Confucius. Whereas I said a lot less than you, but people heard what I said. Well, I've committed an astronomical faux pas for which I will castigate myself. The faux pas I committed, Ted has just illustrated. And it was astronomical, not because it related to astronomy and to all those people who go up into the night sky, but because it was enormously large or indeed inconceivably great, the boo-boo that I created. So astronomical is a handy word of the week for you listeners. And that's what I'm doing, illustrating how you can easily turn 
a small mistake into a humongous problem by using the word astronomical instead of minuscule. Minuscule, of course, being the antonym of astronomical. Now, astronomical is spelt A-S-T-R-O, astro, N-O-M-I-C-A-L, nomical, astronomical. The word entered the English language a long time ago, didn't it, Ted? Certainly, Paul. Absolutely. Which century would you say the word? 18th century, I'd say, was it? 18th century. Well, Ted, I have good news for you this week. You're two centuries out. Not a bad guess. 1551, (laughs) the word astronomical entered. And that, of course, was one of the golden ages of astronomy back in the 16th century when they were beginning to have telescopes. But we won't go down that road. Anyway, there we are. So astronomical can either mean that it has stuff to do with astronomy and all these, you know, um, night sky observations. And you can talk about there being a lot of astronomical activity last night when a hundred different observatories collaborated together. Or else you can talk about Paul as having committed an astronomical blunder when he took Ted Melanthi on in a jewel of repartee today and <laughs> lost astronomically. There we are, Ted. It has nothing to do with playing on an astro turf as football players do. But if it helps people to remember that football players earn humongous salaries and they play on astro turf, and that means that astronomical is another word for humongous, I'm happy enough. What do you think? I thought it was about astronauts. Not just about astronomy. Astronomy. Well, Moira is after giving us a fantastic picture there, Paul, of the Enterprise on board. So Moira has gone astronomical on us. That's brilliant because the Starship Enterprise, as opposed to the talk show for Talkers Enterprise, seems to have longevity. I wonder which will last longest: the talk show for Talkers or the Starship Enterprise. That's a lovely segue into wrapping up this first segment. We hope you'll all come back again tomorrow because we have a very special guest. And in segment three, Paul will be leading a team of judges for the area, the division, the district and the international speech contests. So you'll have to listen to that on Sunday. Come back to us tomorrow and you will meet this fantastic guest that we have lined up for you on Saturday. Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.